Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events paired with our newsletter. This week's episode, MailChimp sells for a bananas $12 billion. So in the news this week, we had a massive acquisition that happened, MailChimp, the email marketing platform that we've all used or viewed or heard on some type of podcast, got bought by Intuit, the company you love to hate because they remind you about your taxes every year, and uh, they got bought for $12 billion. And why was this such a big deal? Well, they're a bootstrap company. They never took any outside funding, meaning they never took venture capital money. They never took money from friends and family. They never took angel investing money, which is basically every company and their mothers. What happens with companies now is that, you know, Joe Schmo and Jane Doe have an idea to start a company. Then they go pitch a bunch of venture capitalists. Hey, I need a bunch of money to go do this. And why do they need the money? Well, they need the money to hire people. They need the money for growth. There's a shit ton of competition right now. So the reason why you take money from venture capitalists is because you want to grow something really fast and really big. But Intuit bought MailChimp for $12 billion. So to sell for that much money is a big outlier. And that's pretty cool. Now, the thing about MailChimp is that MailChimp is actually a multi-billion dollar company. I think they do close to a billion dollars in revenue, if not more than that. At least a few years ago, they were doing half a billion dollars in revenue, all because they help us send emails to anywhere from five people to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. I use MailChimp. We use it for our newsletter. Here's how I feel about MailChimp. I love them in theory. I like the brand and stuff. I fucking hate using MailChimp. Ask anybody on my team. I purposely sometimes forget to send the newsletter out because I just don't want to go on MailChimp. I just find it such a painful process. But I'm highly, highly dependent on it. We pay over $100 a month for it. So I totally get why this company works. Look, we need to do mass email marketing. They've done a fantastic job at it. The issue is that there's a couple of things being raised about this topic. One, you know, the whole concept about being a bootstrap business versus venture capital. Like they're making this versus battle between the two. Like, fuck the venture capitalists. People can bootstrap their company and sell it for a billion dollars. That's actually not true. There's a reason why you don't hear too many companies who are bootstrapped that sell for multi billions of dollars. It's essentially because MailChimp did it because they started a company 20 years ago. I think 21 years ago, these two founders, they had a job at a dot-com startup. It failed. They got a severance package. They took the severance package. They started a company called Rocket Science Group, which was essentially just an agency for small businesses in Atlanta where the company's based. They used their severance money to start this agency. Then at the agency, their clients were like, dude, we need a tool to do like marketing for emails or use emails for marketing. And like, hey, I think we could build a tool. They essentially built MailChimp which ended up being a very, very profitable business. And they spent the last 20 fucking years building that business. And so I would say, one, congratulations to them. They deserve it. They built an amazing company. And to do it without outside funding, especially like imagine 
where everyone is after you. Everybody's also trying to like get into your business and take your customers away. They're raising venture capital money and they're using that money to potentially poach talent or like use it for marketing. The thing is that MailChimp has also done a fantastic job with marketing. If you remember the Serial podcast, the infamous podcast that changed the world of podcasting, MailChimp was their sponsor on it. And you heard it on every episode. This episode of Serial is brought to you by MailChimp. MailChimp, MailChimp, MailChimp. We've all fucking heard about it. If you haven't used it, you've got an email from them. So honestly, props to them. And I think the whole bootstrap versus venture capital argument is, look, if you can bootstrap your company, fantastic. And I think one of the things that it teaches you is that it teaches you to be really, really self-aware about how much money you have, profitability, you know, what you're losing and spending on a monthly basis. Obviously, there are pros to using venture capital money. I, myself, we're an LP, an investor in multiple venture capitalist fund. I mean, I want VCs to do well. That's how I will make money down the line. But at the same time, getting a bunch of influx of cash into your company sometimes doesn't teach you how to be really resourceful and efficient with that money. That's why a lot of companies fail for two reasons, as they say. The founder quits or they run out of money. And usually when you run out of money and you can't raise anymore, you know, your business is likely to die and fail. And so bootstrapping is just one way to do it. There's no right way. Everything's just different. So I wouldn't say that it's a fuck you to venture capitalists. I think it's just an amazing story and good for them. Now, getting bought by Intuit, I don't know what that means. I've used TurboTax numerous times in the past. We use QuickBooks. How does that now relate to like MailChimp being a part of them? Let's just assume we're going to be getting a lot of emails about their products and how it's going to fit into TurboTax, how it's going to fit in with QuickBooks. Who knows? But it's a $12 billion payday. Both founders own 50% each of the company. So I think after tax, they're taking home $10 billion. So $5 billion a piece for two Atlanta homies who were just like hanging out and now they're like super rich. So it could be really great for the region in general and using that money to invest in the region and other startups, pushing it into the economy that way. The other argument that people are bringing up is that, oh, you know what? That's bullshit. These guys own all their company and none of the employees had equity. So I think it's one of those things where like, we can just guess a bunch of different things here. Sure, maybe a lot of the employees didn't have equity because there was no real reason to give them equity early on when you're like running an agency, you're running a company and now you're hiring people and you're being efficient with your cash. Maybe they just never thought they were gonna sell. So they're like, hey, we'll just pay our employees really well. Let's just assume that if you're gonna build a company like that, you have to have good talent. I think what ended up happening with the sale is that it was about, $300 million goes towards equity compensation for employees. So what that means is that Intuit, the company that bought them, part of that acquisition number that they did of $12 billion, $300 million goes to the employees in the form of two things, RSUs, which are restricted stock options, and then cash compensation. So which is essentially like a bonus, right? Like you did really well. You get a cash bonus at the end of the year. Everyone's super happy. They buy their Christmas presents, maybe buy a house, buy an engagement ring, pay for their divorce lawyer. Who knows? But restricted stock options is basically like, hey, you're going to get stock in Intuit, which is a public company, by the way, worth over $150 billion. So you're going to get stocks in this company, but they're restricted for a period of time. You have to vest, meaning that you have to still work at the company. You can't just be like, all right, guys, I'm out of here. I'm taking my shares. I'm selling it. I'm going. No, Intuit wants the employees to stay, earn that equity. And so when they earn it, let's say, I don't know, a year, 
they now have shares of Intuit and they can decide what to do with it or not. They could either keep it in the company. And so let's assume that, hey, at this point, they're like, okay, maybe Intuit continues to grow or they can sell it and do whatever they want with it. So of course, Twitter blew up about this. You know, Axios wrote a whole thing about, hey, this wasn't fair for employees. Then some people came out, including Ellen Powell, who's a former venture capitalist, and said, I don't know why companies don't pay their employees fairly. Again, we don't really know what happens. I know the, the founder of the company came out and said, we're giving people cash and equity compensation. So they're getting both. I think the way to think about it is, who are the employees? Where were they in the journey of this company? And so if they were like early on in this journey, if they were like within that first 10 years when things were really, really tough, yeah, hopefully they get paid a shit ton of money because they absolutely deserve it. They're part of that, especially if they were folks that were like really part of the core team that was like product, marketing, you know, engineering, all the things that make MailChimp really, really great and has been able to scale as a business. Hopefully they're getting paid really well. But look, if you join the company within the last five years and you're expecting this like massive payout, I'm sorry, you joined a company that was doing really, really well and you've come in at a time where the company is essentially de-risks. So your upside is limited and I don't think you should have that much upside. The founders and the early employees took all the risk. If you think about it from the standpoint of an investor, like a venture capitalist, you know, they take a hundred shots. They need to make two of them to get paid. Now, if you're an employee at a company, you basically just choose where you're going to go and like you're taking a big risk by only going to one company. You can't actually diversify that risk. So if you're an employee is going to a company early, you're actually taking a huge amount of risk. So you should be paid for that. But the founders are taking the most risk, right? They've devoted their life to this. And so they absolutely should get paid well. I don't think we actually know the details of this. You know, hopefully more stories will come out of employees saying like, oh my God, that changed my life. That was amazing. So I think it's all really relative. I think Sure, 300 million of $12 billion is like 2.5% that goes to employees. How that's split, maybe there's actually like a bunch of employees of the 1,400 that they have that are going to make several million dollars. And then there's a few that are going to make 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. I think, again, it all depends on what they do. Because if you're like a person on customer service, I don't know. I don't know how much you should be compensated, especially if you join in the last five years versus if you're an engineer or a product manager who's really helped scale that company and make sure that it doesn't crash each time where you're being the competition right now is that you're being sought after by Facebook, by Google, by Apple, by every massive tech company that's out there, then yes, you're going to get compensated well because you are talent. You know, you're the reason these companies are able to create such amazing products. So again, I think it's pretty relative. I do think there's totally companies out there that fuck over their employees. And like, that's not cool. Like, I think that absolutely people should get paid. If you can afford being paid well in cash, great. If you can't afford to be paid well in cash, then hopefully you have a good equity package, but hopefully you believe enough in the company that you think it's going to go IPO or get acquired because otherwise it doesn't really matter right? You're not going to see that money anyways. So I stand in the middle of this where like, I think obviously I love to see founders own a majority of their company. I think that's amazing, especially because like, if you think about if you're DoorDash, for example, a company that is a multi-billion dollar company that went public, they had to raise so much venture capital money that by the time they went public, the founders owned 10% of the company. Now they're still going to you know make a billion dollars, but in the case, if you're like the founders of MailChimp, yeah, like you took a shit ton of risk, including not having outside capital to de-risk you. So all props to the founders to be able to do that. I think they don't get enough credit 
And hopefully the employees that were a part of that journey are getting paid really, really, really well. And I think what I'd like to do is I think on the next episode, I'd like to bring someone on that we can interview to help talk more about employee equity and compensation and RSUs and like how all that stuff works and how to think about it in a smart way. A lot of employees sometimes don't even know they have equity. So I think the most important thing is for individuals to understand how this works how they negotiate their contracts, how equity is earned and how their shares are vested. All those things are really important for people to know. Let's just assume a company's not going to educate you on that stuff for whatever reason. I don't know why. We could probably guess why, but you need to be educated on that. And I think that's actually more of an important thing. So we'll find out in the coming weeks how this turns out. It's a fantastic case study in general about all the things from you know bootstrap versus VC, how a company eventually gets acquired. And then of course, like how employees should think about ownership and equity and cash and salary and all those things. So that's it for this week. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Until next time.